Chapter 30 of Pee Wee Harris on the Trail. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Zoinkmeister Patrick. YouTube.com slash Zoinkmeister. Pee Wee Harris on the Trail by Percy Keese Fitzhugh. Face to Face. Still in a daze, Pee Wee saw the old man step to the door. He heard a hearty, good-humored voice asking about gasoline. If you could just put us on the trail of some, the voice said, we're good at tracking. Tracking? Pee-wee's eyes opened. Tracking? Well, could we use your phone then? He heard. The next thing Pee-wee knew, half a dozen boys and young men spilled into the room. All but one of them, and that was Jim Burton, were in scout attire. Pee-wee stood gaping at them as if they had dropped from the clouds. Whatever their wee-hour call meant, they seemed to all be in high good humor and amused at their own adventure. One of them, a scoutmaster as Pee-wee knew, was particularly offhand and jovial and seemed to fill the room with his breezy talk. Peter Piper stared like one transfixed. They were scouts, the kind he had read about, the kind that were on the cover of the handbook. He backed into a corner so as not to get in their way. Yes, sir, we've had some night of it said the young scoutmaster, falling with mock wariness into a chair, throwing one knee over the other and tossing his hat very neatly onto one foot. My car is stalled up the road in front of the next house. Lucky they ran out of gas. There's a sign up there that says road closed, but I can't see anything the matter with it. Anyway, they ran out of gas and then ran out of the machine as I make out. They deserted it when the supply gave out, I suppose. All's well that ends well, only we need gas. I bet, I bet we've covered 150 miles of territory tonight. What'd you say, Bill? He didn't pause long enough to give Bill or the Justice either a chance to speak. We saw the light in your window and just came in to see if you had a gallon or so of gas. We've got another car up yonder. Yes, sir, we've got the Bandit of Heroin Highway, looking like a tank canary for adventurers. Hey, Scout Nick. Nick's our signal shark. Peter Piper looked at Nick with humble reverence and backed further into the corner. He could not take his eyes from him. Just as Fee was about to say, Here's one of the culprits, but he did not get the chance. Scoutmaster Ned had the floor, also the walls and the ceiling. He seemed not to care anything about the culprits. All he seemed to care about was getting his hunk of junk car back and recounting their adventures. Perhaps he was even a little grateful to the culprits for affording them such opportunity for adventure. At all events, he kicked his hat around on the end of his foot and filled the room with his quick, breezy talk. Yes, sir, we rode to Bridgeboro, New Jersey, got a prize cup for my kindergarten class to try for, looked in at a show, saw a guy with a lot of pistols, got home at about, oh, I don't know, rode over to the island where we're camping, and these two kids rode back to get the cup out of the car and found the car gone and sent a signal that nobody saw, and we came along and this fellow's packard. Well, we've got the old hunk of junk back anyway, haven't we, kids? I'll say we have. These kids told the world, only the world was asleep or something. Well, we've had pretty good luck at that, I'll say. We've found the car, the school burned down. Suddenly, like a burst of thunder, rose the recovered voice of Pee Wee Harris. While in frantic accompaniment, his feet beat the floor and his small arms swung in wild excitement. With his deadly vocal artillery, he silenced the breezy talk of Scoutmaster Ned and set the company aghast with his triumphant clamor. I've got an insulation, I mean, uh, inspiration. Listen, keep still, everybody. I'm the one that, that fixed it, so 
you could have all those Avengers. I'm the one. I got into the wrong car in Bridgeboro. I saw that show and I thought you were the ones that had pistols and now I know you're not murderers because I was half asleep and I came out because I hate education films, but I like bandits, but I don't like real ones. He likes real ones, <laughs> suggested safety first. And I met a thief and he was disguised as a manual training teacher and now he's foiled because I asked him to help me take Mr. Bartlett's car back and it's already back because this is a different car and I was under, I was disguised under the buffalo robe and I wrote a letter under there and pinned it to a piece of sandwich with a safety pin that I was being kidnapped. You can ask anybody so that shows I'm not a bandit and I can prove I'm a scout. I don't care what anybody says because you can hang an apple on a string and I can bite it without touching it with my hands and I'm the only one in my patrol that can do that and I'm not an enemy to you because if that school burned down I'm glad too and I've got seven merit badges and the bronze cross and if you find that letter I wrote you can see how the pieces of sandwich fit my mouth where I bit it and that's better than fingerprints and I can prove it I don't care what anybody says I got into the wrong car and even the smartest man in the world even 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 George Washington could do that I got seven merit badges he concluded breathlessly as a climax to his outburst with an air of profound solemnity Scoutmaster Ned arose and made the full scout salute to the mascot of the Raven Patrol F-B-T-B-S-A. Can I ask the name of the hero who disguised as my buffalo robe? He asked. Pee-wee Harris, only size don't count, said the scream of Bridgeboro's crack troop. Quite so, said Scoutmaster Ned. George Washington might have been small once himself. Am I right, Nick? Positively, said Nick. And the manual training bandit? May I ask about him? He's foiled, said Pee-wee. I met him when I escaped from your garage. He gave me a lead pencil and he said he'd help me take the car back to Mr. Bartlett that took me to the show in his car. Gee whiz, you get sleepy sometimes, don't you? Very, but I don't get a chance to sleep much with bronze cross scouts and manual training teachers to keep me on the move. Gee whiz, I'm sorry I woke you up. Not at all, the pleasure's mine, said Scoutmaster Ned. I live in a den of wild Indians. I seldom sleep, and our friend escaped. It don't speak very well for teachers, does it? School? Gee whiz! I'll help anybody to foil a school. Good. Come over here, Pee Wee Harris, and let us get out the details of this adventure. I have a hunch that you and I are going to be friends. You are a, what shall I say, a bandit after my own heart. So you have seven merit badges and the bronze cross, eh? Do you think you could steal, excuse me, win a silver cup? Can you drink out of it? Pee Wee demanded. Positively. Lemonade? Grape juice, root beer, malted milk also, and a sandwich goes with it. I think that cup was made for a Broncross Scout. Come over here a minute. Pee-wee went over and stood between the knees of Scoutmaster Ned. He's mine, Bill, said Ned to his fellow Scoutmaster. I saw him first. Meanwhile, you should have seen the face of Justice of the Peace Fee. He sat at his desk with his long legs projecting through the middle. A cigar screwed away over into the corner of his mouth, contemplating Pee-wee with a shrewd, amused twinkle. Not a word did he say as Scoutmaster Ned asked questions of the Raven's mascot while the others listened and laughed. End of chapter 30. Recording by Soinkmeister Patrick. YouTube.com slash Soinkmeister.